guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Epic Cheat Day Podcast featuring my comedy kid sister, Drew Lauren. I just wanted to let you know that if you were looking to see Drew perform, you could see her on uh, May 27th. She's, she'll be performing at the Lincoln Lodge. That's 2040 North Milwaukee Boulevard or Milwaukee Avenue. It's not Boulevard, it's Avenue, but you could see Drew perform then. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's fantastic to see in real life. She's a great comic. Uh, speaking of the Lincoln Lodge, you could also check out the second No Gimmicks Needed comedy show, um, and that'll be at the same location, 2040 North Milwaukee Avenue, uh, and that's at the Lincoln Lodge. You can buy tickets for it right now. They're on sale on Eventbrite, uh, tngncs.eventbrite.com, and if you put in the ha- if you put in the promo code No Gimmicks, guess what? You get three dollars off the ticket price. That's a ten dollar ticket that you're getting for seven dollars. Um, and, uh, yeah, who doesn't want to save three bucks? Go ahead and do it. Also, that happens to be my birthday weekend. Happy birthday to me. You want to wish me a happy birthday? You could do it by coming to the No Gimmicks Need a Comedy Show. We got a great lineup. We have Jessica Mizra hosting. We have Canute Gregory, Tim Weichelbaum, Jamal Gushan. And closing it out, we have a headlining set from Amber Autry. Tickets are on sale for that right now. TNGNCS.eventbrite.com. Again, the promo code no gimmicks gets you three dollars off. And also, if you want to see Drew Lauren, you'll see her at the uh, at the Lincoln Lodge on May twenty seventh. And without further ado, please, 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 please check out this episode of the of uh, the Epic Cheat Day podcast featuring me, myself and Drew Lauren. Puppy George, it's your puppy George. It's your puppy, puppy doggy podcast. Oh, your puppy! Oh, there's two of them, guys. Welcome <laughs> to another edition of the Epic Cheat Day podcast. I am your host Derek Strong, and I am recording today with uh, my guest. Today is the wonderfully talented and amazing Drew Lauren. Drew, say hi to the audience. Thank you, Derek. Thanks for having me. And yeah. thanks for being here at thanks my house. For, yeah, we, we are at Drew's house, <laughs> and we are surrounded by two of the cutest dogs you have ever seen, a Cocker Spaniel well, and a Westie. And, uh, quite the yeah, team. Quite the team. Quite the team. Yeah, it's a little scary how much in love they are, but it, we'll it, deal with it later. It's great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to have Drew on the podcast for a while, and the reason why is because I am so... I, I, not to sound condescending, but I'm so proud of this young lady because I, Thank you. she has been through a lot in her young life, and uh, one of the things that she and I bond, sorry for anybody with any developmental yeah, problems that are gonna, listening to this podcast. I'm gonna be canceled podcast. like a minute into this. Podcast. A minute into this podcast, we got dual canceled anyway. Um, one of the things that I respect most about this young lady right now is the fact that she had went through the psych system around the same time that I did in mm-hmm. my life, and she is fucking killing it. She lives Thank in an you. amazing apartment. 
in uh, Uptown slash Wrigleyville. Uh, this is Lakeview. We'll just call it Lakeview. Yeah, it's a weird area. Yeah, it's like, a it's weird like area. It's in between every city. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like it's at the <laughs> epicenter of the north side of Chicago. She has an amazing apartment here Thank that you. she pays for. On her own because she's fucking killing it at her job. Thank you. And uh, I, at her age, I couldn't imagine doing what she does. So it's just I, I, I'm always in awe of her ability to, to do this. So, yeah, I'm Thank a huge you, Drew Lauren fan. Plus, she's a Jew. Yeah, you sounded really Jewy when you were like, I'm so proud of this young lady. I was young like, well, I feel lady. like my rabbi is talking to me. <laughs> my ra- oh, my God, a rabbi like that? I'm they, so- they, they do the sign. They go, just gotta say <laughs> and then it's like i'm proud of you or whatever they want i just gotta say sure it's, it almost sounds like they're about to say something like they're disappointed but no they bring it back to I'm it, it could be either it could it, be either it really exactly. could exactly <laughs> so Drew, yeah. what is the greasiest thing you ate all week so um two nights ago i had a burger with um merck's cheese Oh, yeah, I know. I fucking love Merck it's so, so much. It's so fucking good. It was a little, and then I had got fries, and obviously I like took off the cheese from my burger and dipped it in the fries, because like who wouldn't? Yeah, because you're. A person. And yeah, and so growing up, there was this place in Highland Park near where I grew up, um, called Michael's Hot Dogs. Okay. And like best hot dog salads, like whatever you potatoes, and they always had like their fries, their cheese fries, like Merck's cheese. And so ever since then, I was like on a mission to find. Anyone who has that. Absolutely. So, like, so God, it's so fucking good. It's in it, that can or, like, that jar, but it's just so good. Yeah. For I'm pe- all about cheap food. <laughs> for, yeah, I mean, listen, for people who don't, who can't wrap their heads around what Merck's is, it's like, imagine if Cheese Whiz was higher end and didn't Exactly, suck. exactly. It's, and it's so, it has, like, such, it, it, it is an acquired taste, so, like, yeah. if someone didn't like it, I wouldn't be like, <gasps> you know? Yeah. But I do... I really like it, and I think it, oh, God, it's a childhood thing for me, I think, because I used to go to that Michael's place all the time. I mean, it, and you're right. It is such a distinct flavor, and, yeah. like, and it's one of those things. Well, I wasn't even expecting cheese on the burger, but I work for Grubhub, so I, like, get money there, you know, pretty Are you frequently. allowed to say that, that you work yeah, for Grubhub? It's yeah, it's it, I mean, uh, if they fire me, I'm ready yeah. to leave anyways. It's like, who the fuck cares? So I, so I was going through, like, the options or whatever, and I saw Merck's cheese, and I was like, I have to get this on principle. Absolutely. Like, I didn't even really – I'm not really even a big cheese on my burger type person, yeah. but I really – But really if Merck's is an option, you have <laughs> yeah, to try Yeah, I was it. like, I don't even care if this is extra money. So, yeah, it was and, really good. And Drew is 100% right. Merck's is one of those divisive things that you either love it or you hate. Like, I've, yeah, never, exactly. I've never met anybody who's lukewarm about yeah, Merck's. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, I mean, it's a cheese, so it's like, yeah. it's acquired for sure. Totally. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, since uh, I'm in a good stretch of talking about actual serious shit on the podcast, mm-hmm. let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Now, you had been hospitalized mm-hmm. uh, for psych issues, much like myself. Yeah. Um, how old were you when this happened? So the first time I was in the psych ward, I was 17. Um, so I was a junior in high school. Okay. And I was obviously like going through a lot before then, but it didn't like get me to that point of you know being in the hospital. But I remember... I like couldn't do it anymore. Like I was just like, I, I can't like keep doing the same routine every day of like waking up and just being stressed the whole day. And like, I just, my, I guess coping mechanism was like lashing out at authority. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Cause I like, people don't really like think 
that of me when they meet me. I definitely but, wouldn't think yeah, that. Yeah, I like a lot of just, but it was funny. So it was like I didn't get in trouble that much because people thought I was funny. And then like it was funny until it wasn't. And yeah. they're like, all right, you need a detention for this. Like clearly <laughs> you're, being, you're being a cunt. So we got to do something about it. But I was so, I remember I went to like my school account. I had like a social worker, a counselor. And I was like, I was like looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, clearly if I'm okay, I wouldn't have this many people that are trying to help me, yeah. you know? And so I went to my counselor and she was like, just looked at me and I was like, I can't do this. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I can't do anything. Like I can't do li like I was having a full on like panic attack of like, I can't even leave this room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I am like, I, like I am, st I felt stuck and frozen. And I just remember like, I was doing gymnastics at the time and I had like a lot of calluses on my hand and I would like rip them open, like, like purposely. And yeah. I remember like in her, uh, office, I was like ripping, I've never talked about this, but I was like ripping open my callus until it like bled. And then I just was like, like gnawing at it and just being yeah. like, I can't do this. I can't do it. And like physically freaking out. Like yeah. I felt like I was like being attacked by myself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. 100%. And so I like, I was like, either I leave like the office and go kill myself or like, I'll stay here. Like, I was like, I like need help. Like yeah. I was like, I, there's something wrong with me and I don't know how to get better without moving. Like that was like the, the peak state of the panic attack. You know, yeah. it's like, once you come down, it's like, okay, maybe I could have like coped better, but I didn't know that. Yeah. So then I went to the psych ward because they were like, and I was like, I want to, I don't want to be taking an ambulance. I don't want some big drama about it. Like I'll yeah. have my mom take me like, I need medication. Like I need help. And I was maybe on antidepressants, but they obviously like I needed a new cocktail of meds. Absolutely. Um, and so I went in when I was 17 and that was crazy because I was like the year before adult psych ward. Yeah. So I was in with a lot of kids who like freaked me the fuck out. Like, oh there were God. eight year olds who were like, I tried to set my house on fire. I was like, I'm just suck at school right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I, like I just like, I don't talk to my dad and it was like a whole thing, but well, I, that's an interesting thing in yeah. and of itself is, uh, you know, cause child's like, there's, it's there's so a, different. It's yeah. There's a, a, a difference in like, they, it's, you want to see some eye-opening shit because my high school is all like kids who were just like one step removed from a child's like mm, facility okay, so that's okay. all like and you got you ran your gamut you had your like sociopaths there you had your psychopaths there you had your schizophrenics there it sounds you, like mean you, girls where it's like you have your jocks exactly you had your clicks and crazy <laughs> and then you have the kids. psychopaths <laughs> so they so this place was just for like kids who were who are just functioning enough to not be in the psych ward, but not good enough to be home, you know? Yeah, so, so I worked at a school that was a transition school between, like, them getting kicked out of school and then them going back to their wow, school. And it was a okay. lot of autistic kids, but then also a lot of kids with, like, defiance oh, wow. issues and, okay. like, ADHD and stuff like that. Um, so that was my first hospitalization. My second hospitalization... Um, and what were, you, what, what were you in there for? Like, what was the actual diagnosis? Like, depression, depression anxiety, anxiety, OCD, yeah. suicidal ideations. Like, yes. Okay, that's okay. currently you're hearing the dogs like fighting, but also they're in love. So yeah. if you, so, you can puppy just, dogs, you can just push them off of. Oh. You'll edit this out, right? Uh, no, I want to keep that in there. Oh, you want the raw footage? Okay. I want you the can raw footage. Throw Rigby oh. off. No, you need it. Can you throw him off of it? Yeah. I don't no, throw. Get bit by no, no, you're not. No, they're not gonna bite you. No, Rigby. No, they're not gonna bite you at all. So they yeah, just, not they just bite each other, but like they mouth each other. All right. So, anyways. So, I, I almost got mauled by a Westie. Oh, no, the puppy. No, he doesn't bite. Oh, the puppy um, So, 
I mean. Oh, we're keeping all that in there. That's what yeah, I want. That's I, I do not care. My, life, my <laughs> life's crazy, as yeah. you can tell. Um, <laughs> so basically, I, I was hospitalized for that, right? And like, I think I was just, my, the diagnosis I feel like I had was just instability. Like I couldn't yeah. keep my emotions to myself. It was like, if I was mad, everyone had to know about it. Yeah. And like the way I coped with it was like, well, if everyone knows about it, I'm considered crazy. So let me be funny so that it's excusable. Got it. And so then like, I, you know, I went to the psych ward and they like, and of course I was like trying to be the funny one there. Of and, like course. impress everyone and yeah. like, whatever. And then the second time I went, I was in Denver, I was diving in college. And like, then again, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm, and then at that point I was self-harming. Like yeah. I was like really deep in a depression of like doing the same thing every day. I was practicing twice a day. Um, and you know, it was hard. It was hard to have a balance of life. Like I'm sure any athlete that does like athletics in college can relate. I mean, you wake up at five 30 and then you have practice at six and then you go to class and then you have another practice at two and then, or 12. And then you go to, back to class and then you go home and then you're like, Oh, let me have a social life. So it was like all this stuff that was just like piling up on me where I felt like I didn't relate to my teammates at all because they were all like, let's train for the Olympics. And I'm like, I'm trying not to get last, you know, <laughs> like because I wasn't like a quote division one yeah. performer, but I was like division one, like I made it, but I wasn't good enough. Yeah. So it was kind of like me just like hanging out and everyone's like, oh, Drew's just the funny one. So I just felt like undervalued. But I also didn't want to hang out with those people just because, like, all they cared about was diving and swimming. And I didn't. Yeah. I was just, like, more like, this is not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, so let me just have a life outside of it. And then the balance was super hard because I do care about what people think of me, if of that course. makes sense. So I would kind of, like, really care about well, what my teammates thought. A, gymnastics is a performing. Diving, and, and, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you did gymnastics, I know. I but did, then yeah, dive, yeah. But diving, I mean, that's a – 100% judgment performance thing. Like, your performance yeah. I is was literally thinking, being judged. I know. I was people. thinking about that the other day, how, like, I really care about what other people think of me. And I was like, that's interesting because we would do 50 dives a day minimum. Yeah. And Jesus. The, the, well, the thing you do in diving is you go up on the board, you do your dive, you come up from the water, immediately you get criticism, and then you go back out and you do it again. Yeah. So, and then when you perform, it's you can't even hear a pin drop. You go, you dive in, you either hear, hear people cheer or silent because they're like, you fucked up. Yeah. And there's people showing scorecards of how well you did. Yeah. And it's and, like. And you wonder why you care if people, what people think about exactly, you. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Like their whole life And I remember too where like that. my coach was like, yeah, like divers that are taller, like have pretty lines and they just get better scores. And I'm like five, two, like what the fuck do I do? Grow? <laughs> like, fucking put stilts on. You know what I mean? And like divers who are short are valued at the same time. But, but then there's mm. that other spectrum where it's like. I always wanted to be that like tall diver that was like yeah. blinky and graceful. And so I always like, I felt like wanted what I couldn't have. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that what drove now your, me. Your height served you well for gymnastics though, right? Cause I always like imagine gymnasts sure, to be shorter. Yeah, and, for like, sure. I yeah. fucked up my ankle. So like I couldn't really do gymnastics for a long time, Got but um, I, I think that the diving really just like sent me to a spiral. Cause I like was not ready for, I yeah. wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for like that much discipline. Now, um, I, I have this idea about um, uh, there's I, – I feel like that there, there either there is a correlation or I've seen a correlation with people who compete um, mm -hmm. at a high level yeah. and having things like OCD because there is a perfectionist yeah. – there's a perfectionist quality. Well, because it's both. like with diving, it's not yeah. like basketball where it's like, oh, I could have made that last shot. It's no. like 
no, like you got a seven, you need to get a ten. Exactly. So what can there I do? There is a to wrong. Be, there yeah, is exactly. a perfect. Yeah, there is. And a perfect. even when you get a ten, I my, I remember I would talk to my coach, and he's like, even if you get a ten, like there's always something you could work on. And I'm like, well, do we just kill ourselves? Like, yeah. what, like, how do you get like? Then why? What's the point? Yeah, you you're like, I never the point perfect. Was, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so that was like that mind fucked me a little bit. And then I went to the hospital in Denver because I was like just self-harming and all this yeah. stuff. And I went for like suicidal ideations and just like, I was like, I needed meds that helped yeah. me. I was always going through like the side effects of medications. It took me like, people think that you can just go to therapy and get meds, but it doesn't really work like that. No. Like, you have to go through like a law. I mean, I hope you don't, yeah. but typically as far as my experience, I started antidepressants when I was like, I think 15. And Jesus. then I wasn't, on the right ones till I was like 21 or 22. Yeah. So like that was what, six years or seven years of like straight, like just sweats and you know, all the oh, side yeah. effects, like gaining weight, losing weight, like literally everything that you could think of I had. Now were you on the same regimen straight through those six years or? Yeah, I was they... like, they thought I was bipolar, but I oh, wasn't. Yeah. And oh. yeah, and then they were like, cause I couldn't sleep one night. I was bipolar, I was like, that's fun. So, and then they gave me lithium and I was like, I'm not bipolar. And then they, I think, yeah. It, that's a whole other conversation. I, I was going to say, you and I have discussed this before too, because when you're young, it's your brain is going through it's so many It's not even fully changes. developed. Yeah, it's not fully <laughs> developed. And like, yeah. it's like, it, it doesn't stop developing until t between 25 and 30. That's mm -hmm. when your brain re really settles into a yeah. pattern. So like, <laughs> The one benefit about going through all the shit that you went through when mm -hmm. you did mm -hmm. is the fact like your brain was still malleable enough for it to really, really, really like you can change things. And like you can yeah, still change things totally. after 30, obviously. And I knew that because so like harder. a lot of the like when I when I went to the hospital in Denver, there were so many people that were older. And I hate to say this because I do have a mental health podcast, but quote unquote worse than I was. Yeah. They had a lot more severe cases of bipolar depression and schizophrenia and psych psychotic features that I've never experienced yeah. in my life. And so I looked at that as a way to get better. Yeah. I was like, this shit could be so much worse. And I use it as an opportunity to be like, I'm so young. I yeah. was the youngest person in there. And they're like, every, it was really sad, but a lot of people looked at me. It was like, you have your whole life ahead of you. Don't fuck this up. It was, it was, it was kind of the same thing for me. Cause like everybody mm -hmm. that's around me is like, you know, we're talking about people that were street bound homeless for mm -hmm. five to 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, that they, they're, they're never going to fully recover. I mean, they're at that yeah. point, they're just looking at maintaining some level of stability and there is, you know, right. they're and that's it. Keep the delusions manageable, but they're and never that's outside and of that that's world. It. Yeah. And that's it. And like, mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, so I don't want that. Whatever I need to do to make that not happen Cause that's what they told me. They're like this. That's that's you. If you don't fucking get this shit together, yeah. Like, it's like you see oh. yourself and you're like, I don't want to be sedated. When yeah. I'm Forty. I don't. Yeah. And 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 it's like you don't want to have to point out those people who do in order to make yourself feel better. However, yeah. It's almost like a blessing and a curse because Absolutely. going into that situation, I. Because when you're in your head, well, they were the ones that, telling me, like, dude, like, yeah, you can exactly, do something about exactly. it now. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't even the yeah. the staff of the program, but they were like, yeah. dude, you, you got, you, <laughs> you can do something now, okay? Yeah. Like, this is an example. Uh, use me as the example. I'm like, oh shit, okay, totally, well, yeah. totally. And and then so after that, I quit diving and I came home and I transferred schools and then I, um, I took a quarter off, but like as I was quitting diving, I got so depressed that I quit that yeah. I went to a program and then that program, kind of program 
it was like a depression anxiety program, but okay. it was like in my town and I felt like everyone knew me because it was like too close to home type of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so then I then I attempted suicide because I was just like I was in a such a low place that like my um, impulsiveness wasn't like cured yet in a way. I, I, I used to be super impulsive where disrespecting authority was like my first instinct where I was like, just fuck you and fuck you. And now yeah. I get them. And it's like, they don't fucking care, but I thought they did. So I would lash out. And then, um, and it's funny cause like the people I lashed out to still like me because I had that like funny yeah. kind of like care. And I still cared what they thought of me, even though I called him a fucking cunt. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. It's like, what am I? It's like, I'm always reaching for this thing that I don't know. But anyways, when I quit, I, I was in such a low place where I was like, I don't have anything. Like I came home and I quit in the middle of a meet in Indiana. So I was in, I was in a conference meet where like all these like big, like we were, you know, our team was like training for like the Olympics and all the stuff. And I I wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) but like I was supporting people who were doing that, you know? And it was like such a big thing, but I just like had so much like weighing down on me and I wasn't, I don't think I was speaking to my dad. My brother was struggling with like a heroin addiction. And like, I just felt like, watching other people like in their lives like I couldn't be happy for them which is not like me and I just like internalized all the stuff that was going on around me and I have a really hard time like separating work from home in a sense like diving from home and like work from home like I have a really hard time with that yeah so then I like I left Indiana and I only had my clothes for the meet for like two months because I stayed home So I came home from the, this is the story. I came home from the meet. I had a mental breakdown and then I had all my clothes and I like went with my mom to get back on the plane because like everyone, you know, finished conference, went back to Denver. Instead, I went home. I like was close to Indiana. So my mom took me home. She's like, all right, let's reset yourself and then we'll fly you back to Denver. I couldn't get on the plane. I had a panic attack. So then we left the airport and then, um, I didn't have clothes for like literally two months. I had like Denver, I had to wear like Denver swimming and diving gear, like fucking haunting me. (laughs) And I had to wear that for like two months. And, um, and then once I, and it sounds horrible, but once I attempted suicide, it was almost like a wake up call for me because, um, I then went to, I then, I don't know who this lady is, but I really like hope someday she hears this. Um, but when I went to the hospital, there was this one lady who like, I don't know why, but she pinpoint like pinpointed what my issue was like for the first time like I went in there and like I was only there for maybe a day no I was there for I think like a night I came in at the nighttime I don't know I mean I like tried to overdose so like I was fucking like waking up out of nowhere you know what I mean so and she was like you have really bad OCD and I was like yeah I know like everyone does. And she's yeah. like, no, like this is probably your main issue. And this is why you were referred here. So like, we're going to take care of it. And she like drew all these things for me and is like, she's like, does this bother you? Does this bother you? Like kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like, what would happen if you didn't do all these like ticks that you have? And I was like, well, I'd be super uncomfortable. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's like, that's OCD. Yeah. And like, I don't have the OCD where like, if I don't step on a crack, my mom's going to fucking die. Like, I don't yeah. have that. It's more like, like adjusting my shoulders and making sure the right way. And if I don't do it, like, if you're talking to me, I won't hear you until I feel like it's right. Yeah. So like I'll block out everything that people, like people think I have ADD, but it's really my spiraling OCD in my head. If that yeah. makes sense. Like that I, totally I don't get distracted. It's just my own thoughts yeah. clouding me. So, um, the OCD was the main thing. And she sent me after the hospitalization mm-hmm. to exposure therapy and that saved my life. So that's like my ending. So, like it's weird. Cause like after that, my exposure therapy, 
never had a hospitalization or like a big moment together. It's it's funny how stuff like that works. Like first of all, just having that moment of clarity in AA, you know, it's like they they call it the moment of clarity where mm-hmm. you know like where something taps mm-hmm. you on the shoulder. Yeah. It's like okay, no, you really got to get going with this shit. Like so, you had something like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to dive deeper into the OCD, but first I just want to let everybody know where they could contact me. The Epic Cheat Day Podcast at mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. Hit me up. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to be actually talking to Drew about OCD and how that differs from and I because I went over this with. Um, Evelyn and hers mm-hmm. when people like, you know, they misdiagnose um, anorexia all the time. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're like this. Oh, I feel like I'm anorexic. No, you just don't eat on occasion. People mm-hmm. who are actually anorexic. That's a thing. Yeah. So OCD the between, is like, like, you know, it's behaviors like people, versus like, t- like, yeah. so the thing being is, a neat freak doesn't make you OCD. OCD yeah. is when like real that. actual OCD you can't function. I couldn't. I didn't. Yeah. I, I had to take school off. So, so. please tell them what actual <sighs> clinical OCD so like, looks like. I can like. tell you yeah. what it looks like in different environments because yeah. I don't want to be that person that like has some unrelatable OCD where yeah. it's like, oh, I have this type of OCD. Like, so in different environments, look. So like in diving, this is what it looks like. I have like spiraling visions of me hitting my head on the board. Yeah. So for me, a certain dive that bothered me I would stare at the water on the board for, I kid you not for 20 minutes and everybody on the team had to go practice on other boards. Cause I was just sitting and staring. That was me like spiraling and not be, and I would go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And no matter how many times I said like my magic number, one, two, three, yeah. I didn't feel in OCD. It's called the just right feeling, which is when you're like, oh, I can move on, but I never got that. Um, and sometimes I did, but it's not, I mean, OC is a very, it's a reoccurring thing. It doesn't stop. Yeah. So for diving, it was like staring and not being able to move and freezing. And because I had all these rituals I had to fulfill, um, and it didn't feel like they were being fulfilled. So therefore I would stare at the water for 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, in school, what it looked like for me was I had like, I can't explain visually what it looks like, but in my head I have to do certain things and like certain images come up and I have to like, make sure it's that just right feeling. So if I'm reading something like a book or a paper and I wouldn't understand it, if I didn't understand the sentence, I would reread it like 16 times. From the beginning, right? uh, Sometimes, like when I was younger, my parents, like the, my kindergarten teacher knew I had OCD because like if I didn't get one word right because I was learning how to read, I'd start the whole book over. So like if I was on page like 35, I'd start the whole thing over. And my parents were like, you don't have to do that. I'm like, yeah, I do. And they're like, okay, this isn't normal. So, um, so for, for school, it would look like that. It would take me a long time to read things because it had to be, in my mind, perfection. If yeah. I didn't understand it, can't move on. I'm dumb. Yeah. You know? Um, in real life, it's more like if I'm talking to someone and I feel like they didn't understand what I said, I have to like explain it 16 times so that they like I make sure that they're interpreting it the way I want them to. Yes. Oh, and I then, get like that. Yeah, and then, like, if they think, like, if I think that they might be perhaps offended, I'll, I didn't mean that, I but, like, to the point where it's, like, Drew, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And, and I'm, like, oh, that's my OCD because I'm perseverating and I'm obsessing. So the obsession is let me make it right, and the compulsion is me talking and making sure it's right, and that's what OCD is. It's the obsession and then the compulsion, which is acting on those obsessions. So for my – I had an eating disorder – and what OCD looks like in an eating disorder is eating at the same times every day. And if I eat at like 12 o'clock or 12.01, I can't do that. Like I have to do it at 12 o'clock on the dot. I used to, not yeah. anymore. 
Um, I just like eat whatever I, I, I eat whenever yeah. I want now. Yeah. Like I just saw you dog two pieces of pizza. Like what yeah. the fuck? I didn't see you look at your watch one time during that. <laughs> but, uh, mm. Um, yeah. So for, for me, it was very like meticulous and things had to be perfect, um, in my head to my interpretation. So that's for me, like what it was. And it was crippling because yeah. like I said, I the would stare at the water part, for 20 I, minutes and still not do my dive. Like that's the thing I think people really need to understand the crippling part because mm-hmm. it's. You know, there are people there who function and they have these symptoms. Absolutely. Uh, for example, like my, my thing is like I have very I have pervasive um, delusional thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have them all the time. But it's just like I'm able to be like this. OK, I know what that is and put it on its shelf. It's called diffusing. I think, yeah, therapy, exactly. Yeah. Where I'm just like, OK, I know that that's mm-hmm. clearly not something that's real. I'm going to put that on the side. And, you know, there is an obsessive quality to it because I'll rethink about it, rethink about it. So it's like, is this real? Is well, this so, real? Is yeah. This real? So I is even had real? a moment. I'll even like go into like today because I yeah. feel like a lot okay, of times people talk about today. like their past. So yeah. Um, my dog Rigby, I'll obsess over like he can't be aggressive in any form, any yeah. way, shape or form. He has to be the best dog ever. 24 seven. He and is so the he, best dog ever. He really, honestly, he really is. I'm really honest. He's the best puppy doggy. <laughs> oh, the puppy doggy. <laughs> so um, today he like, he like, he's really good at sharing food with Ozzy, but I have this like Cause you know how OCD is like, you're going to kill them. You're going to kill them. You're going to do it. Like you just think of these like fucking distorted things and you think they're going to happen. And so I like him and Ozzy were both eating a cookie and I was like, Ozzy went to go like take his cookie. And usually he doesn't give a shit, but he didn't do anything. And I was like, because, um, my roommate pulled her dog away and I was like, well, what if, what if he came in Rigby's way? Would Rigby snap at him? Would he, would he draw blood? Literally none of that has ever happened. happened. None of it. Yep. And, and then till this moment right now, it's been three hours since that happened. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Like, and I'm thinking of all the different situations and I'm like, wait, in this situation, he wouldn't do that, but maybe, and I'm like, and it didn't happen. Why am I thinking about it? It's and it's the mind's way of trying to make it right. Right. Exactly. And I I will never get the just right feeling. So I have to be like, logically, this is how I diffuse that. I go, okay, that didn't happen. If it does happen, we'll deal with it. And logically that wouldn't happen because it never has. Yeah. So why would you think it would? And why would you want? And sometimes I'll be like, okay, let's recreate the situation. I've literally yes, that. okay. I go, all right, let me give a cookie to Rigby and to Ozzy, and let me have. And I'm like, no, that's creating a bad habit for the dogs. I don't want them to yeah. steal each other's food. But in my OCD, I'm like, no, that's recreating it so that I can get that just right feeling. See, but it's so selfish. But I mean, well, but the one benefit about it though is because I mean, if that's it's like the lesser of two evils. If that's what you need to do to be able to get past that thought in your head, then it's just like, okay. Like, for example. But, like, that's, but that's enabling, like, my thoughts. You know what true. I'm saying? And that's also, I mean, like, giving like, into my OCD. Like, a, a perfect example for me is mm-hmm. when, I have, when I have a thought that I know is delusional. Um, I'm like, okay, this doesn't sound like it's something that's real. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say it out loud. And if I hear myself saying it and it sounds like something that if somebody else said it, I'd say they're fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Then it's clearly a delusional thought. Totally. And, okay? then, and like, even uh, the other day too, yeah. the situation happened and Ozzy took his cookie and Rigby didn't care. Yeah. But I'm like, but this situation's different. He would have attacked it. And I'm like, this never happened. It's never happened. <sighs> and like uh, the, the part that, Again, it's and it sounds it, it might sound silly to some people because it's like because ultimately it <laughs> it's it, ultimately like if you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it is silly. It's kind of like when you see somebody who's really, really depressed, like clinical depression and depression are two different things. Very wearing, different. Wearing the same set of sweatpants multiple days in a row because you're heartbroken. That's one thing. 
wearing them for three months in a row because you can't get out of the mental hole that you've dug yourself into mm-hmm. is something totally different. Yeah, yeah okay? there's definitely there's definitely levels. There's to it. levels to all of this, mm-hmm. and you yeah. know, wh- one of the things like for me it was cognitive behavioral therapy that helped me out in terms totally. of being able to identify. Yeah, you know, like it's like stressors for example. Right now, mm-hmm. I'm putting myself through stress because of my. Uh, um, I'm back on intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and like, it's causing I mean, that's me stressful though. Like, it is stressful. It's, it's, it's complete. It's completely stressful, but, and it's called, it definitely causes chaos in my head, but because I'm aware of it and I'm aware that, Hey, I'm putting myself, I have to remind myself though. I'm putting myself through this stress. There's a reason why the thughts are happening the way they are. There's a reason why I'm sensitive mm-hmm. to certain things. And, and I think why it's I like, I think it's really that. important to recognize those thought patterns and to be aware yes. of it because Right now, as we're talking about it, I was thinking, like, I was going through so much today, and sometimes when I go through a lot, my OCD obviously, like, yeah, through the roof because it's, like, my anxiety's horrible. Exactly. So clearly I'm going to, like, be more anxious about everything, everything. that it's in, in front of me, you know? Yeah. Um, so that at least, like, makes me feel a little bit better, but I think taking a step back and being like, okay, logically, this has never happened, and it's delusional. Yeah. So the problem is, is, like, I think it's always going to come up. That's the thing about anxiety and depression. It doesn't go away. It's no. not like, oh, they went to therapy and they're cured. It's like, no, There's that's, no cure. that's like the Southern Baptist. Marriage. Actually, by the way, I actually <laughs> like, had a, I, a, one of my old case managers when she hadn't seen me in a while and she introduced me to the new psychiatrist. She was like this. Oh, yeah, we cured him of bipolar. I looked at the psychiatrist. What? I was just like, yeah, no, I know that there's no cure because he looked at her like she was crazy. And I was like, yeah, I know there's no cure. Yeah. I'm still working on this. Like, what? Yeah. So you're always going to be no matter what. And, and, and that's and that's OK. It's it's just about managing it yeah. and, and not letting it get to an unmanageable point. Um, now, let I me think ask they, you this yeah. in the, in line with that. And we're going to go back to the other point, but in mm-hmm. line with that, um, how tough, because for a lot of people, one of the toughest things is coming to terms with the fact that this is forever. You know what I mean? Like a lot of mm-hmm. people that I know that, you know, especially amongst the, you know, the homeless mentally ill community with the types of medications they were given, they struggled with taking their meds all the time because yeah. it's just like you're giving people tranquilizers. Like if you've ever seen somebody who's on Thorazine, yeah. you know that they are not in a comfortable place. They're just no. not like no. it's just it's it, and they don't want to be on it. They also don't really understand why they're on it. Right. So it's, you know, it's fortunately, you know, I, you know, but the, the reality is it's just like, even for me during that stage, and even though I was somewhat lucid and able to understand what was going on, you know, it was still difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that, holy shit, this is something that's just going to be a part of my life forever. So for you, uh, how were, how are you? When it came to dealing with that information and just really wrapping your head around it. I mean, coming to terms with it. Honestly, like I really to be I haven't had that moment because I think that I've dealt with this since I was born. Yeah. And I've always I don't know what a non anxious mind looks like. Wow, okay. Um I don't. I, yeah. I've always been anxious ever since I, I don't like there's no I remember even things I was nervous about as a child. Like yeah. I don't have any moments of me being like la dee da like my dress is flowing and I'm walking down the street as a child. Like I was nervous. All I have a lot of thoughts about my dress flow. Yeah, like that. you know this is like little yeah. girls who are like whatever. Like I was worried about everything. Wow. And I think that I think for me I I don't see it as like 
it's not that I don't see it as something that's long term. I'm just like I'm always in my own head, so I'm always gonna deal with it. Yeah. It's just about managing it, you know. Absolutely. And like I definitely the thing that really um, I've struggled with as far as like it's the permanence thing of the disorder yeah. is the medication. I think yes. that every now and then I get really prideful and I'm like, let's ditch these antidepressants, like fuck this shit. And I go off them for two days. I'm like, <laughs> and I just like freak out. And then I'm like, oh no, I need these. Yeah. And this is something that's going to be a lifelong thing. And maybe well, one day if I get pregnant, I'll have to go off of them. I'm, but we'll I'm glad you have the wherewithal comes. for that. You know, yeah. and I, and I know that because, yeah. you know, my brother has dealt with addiction a lot of his life, even when he wasn't addicted to drugs, it was other things, you know, yeah. like as far as like being obsessed with things, he has autism. So it's like OCD on steroids as far as like the obsession. Yeah. Um, so I've always like seen um, like even his issues and my issues as something that's going to continue on into life. It's just really how you deal with it. And yeah. there are certain situations where like, I'm not happy the way I deal with it. Like even the things I went through the last week, cause I haven't had a phone for a week and it's been really stressful cause I work and like, it's been a whole thing. I have not handled it well. Yeah. And like, I look back and I'm like, how, and I think like, how can I handle it better? Because I'm always going to be dealing with this. Like, yeah, I feel this like fucking like, butterfly like ants crawling in my stomach every single day so i'm like if i'm gonna feel that every single day there has to be something that i have to do and yeah. i have to manage it and like i do that by talking to my friends and talking to people and slowing down that's my main thing yeah slow the fuck down because yeah. like going fast is only you know making my anxiety worse because it's just like on a hamster wheel all day so i think me i haven't had this like moment of being like oh i'm gonna be dealing with depression my whole life because i was diagnosed with like adhd and like ocd like when i was six yeah you know what i'm saying so like i've always it's kind of like when your parents yeah, I, had the, I, I was gonna say like, i like i had the early childhood stuff too so yeah, it's just it's like, like it, i don't i never like, have like a, oh there. i have depression it's like no i've always been depressed you know what i mean but i've just dealt with it it was weird though like for me like i was in such denial about it and i yeah. had like and i, I still am too like i I, I think that getting drunk and high is going to cure me. And then every day I wake up and I'm like, like nope, this nope, didn't work. Nope, this is not, this didn't work. <laughs> Still got to live another day. <laughs> well, so for me, like I, I started like seeing a therapist when I was five, right? Because mm -hmm. that's when they noticed that like, because there's yeah. like, there was a lot of stuff going on in my household. And then they noticed that like, oh, th this is how he's exhibiting right. signs of that. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, I was in denial then. And then like the wake up call happened in 2003 during my last like stint of hospitalizations. Like I had multiple, I had a full breakdown hospitalizations over the course of course of the year. And like up in, it wasn't until recently that I realized that my whole childhood where I thought like, okay, well I'm, there's nothing really wrong with me. Yeah. Like that bubble that I kept myself in was an extremely delusional place to cope with the fact that I was going through that's all this really, other shit. That's really interesting because I have the opposite problem yeah. where I like think everything's wrong with me. And so yeah. I'm like, like I have this thing in my mind that like there's. Oh, well now, by the way, now I don't yeah, think yeah, 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 I was going to yeah, say yeah. now yeah, I yeah, have yeah, yeah. the, oh, everything's <laughs> wrong with me no, part, but yeah. No, I'm saying like, I think I have this thing where I think that there's going to be one magic here to fix me. And every day I'm like, well, why don't I just do this? And, why, and, and nothing yeah. works, but it's, it, it, it's going to be me that fixes. Yeah. 100%. And it's going to be like every time I have like those rumination where like I go to my roommate or I go to my boyfriend or I go to my friends, even you. Yeah. And I'm like ruminating about something. I'm like, none of these people and what they say is going to stop the thoughts and the yeah. rumination and anything in my head. I'm going to stop. Absolutely. That. How can I stop that? Well, it starts by diffusing my thoughts. Exactly. And it's something that 
takes a lot of practice. And Absolutely. it's not something that happens overnight. Yeah. Because I remember when I would be super, super depressed and try to listen to people talk about this shit. And I'd be like, fuck those people. I'm angry. They don't get it. They don't get of me. Course. They don't understand my anxiety. They don't understand yeah. my depression. I've been there. I've been there. I used to call everyone a bitch, okay? Yeah. Because I hated myself. And I'm not in that place anymore. Um, I think I'm just struggling currently with, I guess, like, um, I don't know what it is, but it's this constant, like, I feel like I'm running on, like, a fucking, like, Adderall, but I'm not on it. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm always, well, sometimes I am, <laughs> but I think sometimes I'm always running on this, like, go, 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 and I'm, like, missing out on life a little bit. Yeah. Where I'm, like, constantly clouded by my own thoughts. I was going to say, you kind of, I mean, to be fair, you kind of are. And mm -hmm. there's two things I want to, I just want to point out. Um, number one, it's absolute because you already have this wherewithal yeah. and you already have done the, the, you've already set up such a good foundation for yourself. It's 100% going to get better. It's like, as long as you keep doing what you're doing, it's going to guarantee it will get better. And of course, like as you get older, as your brain starts settling, you've already got the routine down to combat that shit. So it's like, so hard. good for you. It is so hard. It's and you're really hard. And like, <laughs> and, and when she says it's long, it takes a while to really, years. really learn how to do this. It's years. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not like a one-time yeah. therapy. You learn the skills and then you're out. Like it's it's year. it's practice because the the whole point of practice is that you got to yeah. go through shit and yeah. that makes you fucking like at that a hundred level and then you deal with exactly. it and then you do it again and then you do it again and it's like with everything there's ups and downs but I think like for me even like what helps me get a little bit better is like I know that. Um, like my brother really struggles with addiction and yeah. whenever he talks to me, um, he's always like, well, what do you have to be anxious about? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, what do I have to be anxious about? You know? Yeah. Cause like, I, I really shouldn't be. That's yeah. the thing. Like I, I, I have See, this thing that is making me yeah. like my thoughts all distorted. But when I look around, I'm like, there really isn't a lot for yeah. me to be nervous about. But I think I operate on such a fast level that when things aren't my way, my way, my way, it's like, uh, they're not responding and I'm nervous and I'm this and I have to go do this and this and this. And then once I'm done with all the shit I have to do, I'm still nervous. And I'm like, okay, so no matter what I do, I'm always going to feel this like panic state. So it's just about coping and figuring out how to diffuse that. You would make a great film director. I'm just saying <laughs> Thank that. Cause you. that just, but I mean, yeah, you're again, you're, the one thing that you have going for you, I mean, the one you got a lot of things going for you when it comes to this. You know, <laughs> you have it, again, one thing, it, Drew. <laughs> it's going to get settled. Like uh, I could tell you this: at forty-three, um, once like I have all my stressors already mapped out, mm -hmm. I go to sleep every single night content or happy. Like I cannot oh, tell wow. you the last. That's amazing. I can't tell you the last time. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 great, but it's yeah. like you know, and I I've been functioning medication free. Psych war free now for, let's see, it's 2003. So we're, we're going on 18 years. Yeah, that's like, that's really close to 20 years. Yeah, that's close to 20 years. So it's, but I mean, did, were, were those 20 years fucking great? No, yeah. they sucked for the most part. And it's just been a climb. Right. All the, and I'm still right. climbing. Right. And it's, it's always going to be there. Like there's things I know that I can't do. So I don't, I, it's like, I don't. I don't limit myself by like where I should be. It's like, no, 
This is great for what I for what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And it's going to be the same thing with you. Like you're on a great path for that. I hope this does not sound condescending at all. Um, and the fact that you no, you it's do not. I like, think I think that the main thing for me is is yeah. realizing like look like you have to realize your patterns and then also realize that especially so this is the issue with me is that when I am no matter what situation I've been whether it's I'm at a job and making a ton of money or yeah. I'm a division one athlete or I'm really good at this thing. She's not I'm, bragging. I've n- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me list seven more things that I've done. No, but I'm just saying like, even though I've done great things, yeah. I honestly wasn't happy at that. So I have yeah. to look at the picture and be like, okay, so if I'm not happy with all these things and I, you know, cause a lot of times I'll like be like, well, I didn't write enough today or whatever. And I'm like, but even if I did, I wouldn't be satisfied. So yeah. like I have to, sometimes I have to pull myself out of it and be exactly. like, okay, so even if I was perfect, still be striving for something else. So yeah. I have to just be like, uh, help my thoughts be more content with the fact that like, it's not, it's really, you're never going to be, it sounds so cynical, but like, I'm never going to be at this Mount Everest perfect place that I think I'm going to be. But, Life I, is hard. Well, listen, the fact that you're aware of that. Yeah. Is it's made at, it easier. It's good. I was going to say, it's it's like it's like having that right there in front of you. I'm telling you, it's going to get you to the point where it's like you're not at the quote unquote Mount Everest place, mm-hmm. but you're going to be so comfortable with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's you're basically at that Mount yeah, Everest place. Yeah, and I think place. that sometimes like when I am happy, I really let those moments sink in because I don't feel um, genuine happiness a lot only because I don't let myself, you know, I'm like, I don't deserve this or, and it's not a like, Oh, poor me, feel bad for me. It's like, no, I am so anxious in every situation, whether it's like a party and I'm celebrating myself. I'm like, is everybody happy around me? Is that like, I'm never like, you know, so like just calm. So I feel like you'll get there. I know you're getting there. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely working on it, but I really try to like be more grateful. Um, and especially with the pandemic, it's like allowed me to be more grateful because it's like we all complain about it, but like at least we're not totally. dying, you know? Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, it's, like it's like there like, is like there is a reason why we're inside all the time. I mean, I was gonna and say it's like we're inside of a place that's hot and has free. I keep saying the free running water thing because I don't think anybody really understands how much of a big deal it is that we could go to multiple people in rooms. Texas. Don't yeah. <laughs> right now, no. Yeah. There's places <laughs> so, in our own country, Flint, Michigan, for years, their water was poison, and we could just, oh, I need a drink of water, you know, the thing that sustains life. So, like, <laughs> when you get down to the fact that it's really cold outside, but we're in a warm, heated place in very comfortable clothing yeah. on, a, on a comfortable uh, Just getting pass, a puppy yeah. helped me a lot, too. Like, appreciate that kind yeah. of stuff, and, like, I think that <laughs> yeah, probably, he's, he's the best. And it's, he's so I think, cute right now. I think, um, like... Yeah, gratitude. Um, like, I mean, you seem sure pretty grateful. You said something. Me. You said something to me over the summer where I was just like, "This, okay, she's fucking. You're twenty four, twenty five, right? I'm twenty four. Yeah, you're twenty four. I'm just like, there's no way she's at this point already. Okay, and I, I, if you don't mind <laughs> me you. sharing this, what it was, uh, we were talking about your job. Yeah, and you were just like, it's like, yeah, it's great. I have this money, but it's just like I don't like I'm not doing anything with it enough to justify the stress of having the job. And I'm like, I've never heard a successful 24 year old say that 
with the earnest they like they they'll say it sarcastically but not with that it's level not. of earnest and like like really i'll just be honest so that people yeah. can understand like yeah. where i'm at with life it's like i've made over a hundred thousand dollars in the last year and like yeah. i was just as happy making thirty thousand in a year yeah like i it's it's really like and i have this beautiful part and look it's convenient that's the thing about money yeah once you're past like there's a study that shows once you're past seventy five thousand dollars like you it, it's it's not it's you don't get happiness. Look, my dad, I talked to my dad and he, we were sitting at a Porsche and he said, money doesn't buy you happiness. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't look, it's convenient. It's yeah. nice that I don't have to look at my bank account for a couple of days. It's nice that I don't have to worry about my yeah. buying my dog food. It's nice that I can buy myself a few clothes if I want to and not feel guilty about it. But at the end of the day, having like stress about money, like it, it's not, really worth the stress of the job that brings you the money. Absolutely. Like it's really it, it in like the, I mean, and how I got like successful too with like sales and stuff is, I mean, it, look, like it was, it's stressful and yeah, you get, but sometimes it's like, what am I doing with it? Like if I yeah. had kids to support, I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude, there that's extra go. money for yeah. my kids. And I, like, 100%. dude, I got my tax return today and I bought my dog a toy, you know, yeah. like I'm just, I'm, I don't, I'm not a person who, um, is into like fashion design and wants to buy all these things. And yeah. like, I just, I'm not a big spender. Oh, yeah. I, I'm Jewish. And I've learned to never fucking spend my money <laughs> and save, 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 and then never spend it. And it's yeah. just fucking buried in the ground with you when you die. Like I've literally learned that. Yeah. And so I think like, that's something big amongst our culture. By the yeah. Way. Like it's for me, like, it's made it yeah, so convenient. So I can now when I do comedy, I can Uber everywhere I want and won't have to worry about taking the train. That's amazing. That's yeah. something I am so fucking grateful for that. I don't really have to worry about. However, it's not that great. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not that fucking great. Like, and it's, it's not, it doesn't make me as a person happier in those moments. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I, I, I think I told you this before, like when I, cause when I was working at CVS, I was making easily four times what yeah. I made at, <laughs> at Jewel. And yeah. I was so much happier working at Jewel. Cause there's like, it was like, great. I could literally afford to do all these things that I never, but it's like, my rent is cheap enough. When I tell you like last year, I survived off of 15 grand mm -hmm. for the entire year. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the happiest years of my life. I'm like, you Oh, go. you know what? I can live you know for what less. You, you know yeah. what you need? What's that? You. Yeah. You don't need money. You don't need That's money. the thing is like when you're, what what do they say when you're trying to? We are Jews guy? telling you. <laughs> I, I don't think you can understand and grasp it's this. We are Jews though. telling you that you don't, don't need, need money. money. It's true. I mean, I talked to my dad, who's Jew who's Jewish. Both my parents are yeah. Jewish, and like I have Orthodox people in my family, and like wow, <laughs> what's a that whole like? side of, of people who are Orthodox in my family, and like Jesus, they're like Not they do really. well, yeah. and and we do well, but nobody's happier because they have more money. Yeah, like I have someone in my family who is like on the fortune five, I mean Forbes 500. Like he is literally, I mean, he's the owner of all the Simon malls in, in America. Jesus Christ. And he okay. just bought JC Penney. Oh, and yeah. guess what, oh and, that little investment. And, but no, yeah. but, and guess what the article was about? What? How he was just screaming in the courtroom because he wanted to buy JC Penney. Like, do you think he's happy? No. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I, I get, I get the romantic, oh look, I get the romanticism. I'm not yeah. here sitting, telling people who are starving that like money doesn't matter. Yeah. But at a certain point, there's a cap, right? And the cap is like 75 grand. Yeah. And you don't need to fucking bathe in it to yeah. be happy. It's just, it's not, that's not how it works. And I've experienced it myself. Ooh. I wasn't happy. And um, 
I mean, I did get hit by a car while I was making a ton of money. <laughs> there you go. So that definitely depleted my happiness a little bit. And but. I was going to say, like, that and that had that that could have happened that whether or not she was. That woke me up a lot. I mean, and, and like, that would have happened regardless of how much money she was making. Yeah, you I was know? biking. I was biking 10 miles a day. Biking 10 miles a day. Look yeah. at that. So, you But, know. Um, yeah, I mean, that gave me a lot of perspective as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I and by like the way, it. you're hearing this perspective from from two people who are different ends of the money we, spectrum. We are, we are yeah. different in literally every single way possible. Like you yeah. grew up on like East Coast. I grew up Midwest. Midwest. You grew up poor. I grew up wealthy. Well, actually, like, I, oh, uh, that, that, well, that, for the for most of my life, I've been poor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Majority. most of poor. I grew up like pretty stable slash wealthy yeah. the last half of my life. And then like. I, you know, you like, I'm an old man. You're exactly. A young we're woman. 20 years apart, different generation, yeah. different things going on. But like, but, but we're like, both Jews. We both love comedy. Room. We're in the same room. Yeah. And, uh, so we it, both had to struggle with extra high level of mental health issues. Yeah. For and an I think that a lot of times time. too, like people don't expect that stuff, I guess, out of me, just be, get like given what I look like. However, I have, I've had a very different experience than like the people that grew up around me. I mean, like there was a girl, I remember, this is the one story I tell to just kind of like encapture my life, but there was yeah. this one girl um, and I wasn't a huge fan of her. Um, I wasn't and a huge fan she, of her. Just because she was like kind of a valley girl or whatever. And she, um, n- nothing types. against her now because I don't yeah. give two shits. But, um, Die in a fire, Drew's old friend. No, Sorry. but so, so my brother had just gotten like arrested for possession and my mom drove me to school and it was just like silent because we were all fighting and like I saw my dad tackle my brother. Like it was just a horrible situation. So my mom drops me off at school and I like go in and I'm like, like I'm just like silent. That's how I get when I'm really upset. I'm yeah. silent. Yeah. And this me girl. Too. I'm oh, like that like, too. Like I just get People quiet. say hi yeah. and they're, I'm like. Yeah, like I, I can't, I can't even speak because like my the mouth, energy in the room gets sucked. No, like I and got, it was eight in the I morning, like and I yeah. had nothing left. Okay, yeah. So my brother just got arrested. I felt like I was like I was so depressed, I was so anxious, and then I was worried about like being late to school. And I walk in, and this girl's like, "Oh my god." <sighs> The problem with like the new iPhone is that like it's so big and my hands are so small. And I look at her and I'm like, I'm so sorry if you need anything, I'm here. And the whole class like burst out laughing. And she's yeah, like, and she's perfect. like, what? And I was like, nothing. It's not funny if I say it again. So I like, I like totally <laughs> came at her. Such a great. But that thing. was like my life where I was constantly co- combating people who had broken nails and that was their biggest issue. And I was yeah. like, my brother's gonna die from a heroin overdose. And it was like, yeah, really hard for me. To see people's problems as problems, which you always should. However, yeah. I was going through a lot. And Absolutely. That's where, like, all my stuff, ste- like, stemmed from was my family shit. But anyways, like, I think that it's, yeah, I don't know. I, we've talked about everything on this podcast. We have. We so have I don't talked even know about how to summarize thing. everything I've I mean, said, to however. summarize <laughs> it, look, listen, the, the, Drew duh, is doing sensational for herself. Um, Drew, uh, hit people with, I your... am, but I'm still sad. So I just want people to know that, she's that it's still like, sad, but, I'm, she's working. but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. She's I'm just saying like, it. no matter what, like, even if you have everything, like it's, it's hard. Life's it's hard. hard. <laughs> it's hard. And it's like, I, you know, and I've mentioned this on the podcast for being like, I had friends that were wealthy and like they, while I was poor, which ooh, that's always fun. <laughs> uh, and, uh, like, but I would see them struggle with things. And that gave me like a great deal of perspective. Like, Oh shit it's like they're not struggling with the same things, but for them, if you scale it, yeah, it's like exactly. for them, it's like... You have like, to put yourself in other people's shoes. Ex- and I didn't do and, that. Yeah, and even... It's like even if <laughs> you don't want to... The iPhone is hard yeah. when you have small hands, okay? Yeah, and it's just like, if you think about like that being like the worst thing of her week, 
then for for you that might not be a lot, but for her that might be like a game, and it, you never know. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. it's anything that you or I struggle with. Even when I was homeless, it doesn't compare to like somebody in a third world country having to walk three miles to a well to get drinkable water. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and like so, it's, and, and, it's and that's interesting because me, my thing. brother, like my brother's been homeless before, and yeah. like, I'm living in a nice apartment, and it's like. He, my brother on the streets, yeah, is still as driven to do heroin as he is like sober and trying to be sober. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like absolutely, even if he yeah. has a home and he has all the stuff and he has shoes and socks and things that he doesn't have yeah. when he's out on the streets, he's still just as driven and just as anxious as when he's like out in the streets yeah. getting beat up. Yeah. So it kind of just shows you that like all you need is you exactly. and you need to like fucking fix your shit. You fix just your need shit. to fix your and shit. It's, and, and like Drew says, it's lonely because it really is you. It's going to, it's going to, I, I so want. It's so fucking isolating, it's like, dude. It's Especially like, addiction. I don't oh, know what totally. that's like, but I, I, I've, I've lived with it. I mean, but like having to, having to go through the therapy that you went through to get your OCD manageable, that's you doing that. Nobody else is doing that for you. Nobody else that's is walking that That's why it's hard because road. constantly yeah. when you have OCD, you look for reassurance. It's called reassurance seeking in therapy yeah. and like you constantly are like, well, Derek Rigby wouldn't snap at Ozzy. And you yeah. have to be like, I don't know, Woody. And you have to like feel that anxiety of like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yeah. You know? And then realize like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like, so, yeah. And you, I, but yeah. you're the one that had to do that ultimately. Yeah. No, like, nobody, nobody else can do, nobody nobody else can can do, do that for me. For and that's the thing too with addiction yeah. where like my brother's still struggling and he's the only one that can get him sober. And he's yeah. always looking for this like, he's, he, my brother wants to be the, f- like everyone has like the first astronaut. My brother wants to be the first person that functions on heroin. And it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So it's like. It's not. He really God, that doctor, did you see that article? That guy, he's like a a, a professor at Columbia. <laughs> is he is he on heroin? <laughs> yeah, and he's like you're and like, he talks about like, how it like, actually exists true. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's funny. Like, he's, he's saying that and everybody that I talk to that I know that struggle with heroin addiction. I mean, is come like, on. This it's, it's supposed just to like kill this, you. It's like it's like it's for how long is he going to be able to exactly. do this? Exactly. Okay. You know exactly. what I mean? Because it doesn't matter if it's one year or 10 years. At some point, that shit is always going to get you. It's always, Thank it, you. It Thank never, you. It, that, heroin doesn't lose in this fight. Okay. It's never lost one time. You have a lot of knowledge okay? about addiction. What? You have a lot of knowledge about addiction. Well, because, well, I mean, when most of the the program that I was in when I was doing the whole uh, homeless mental health. But, like, you know, like, the things you're saying, I'm like, you've been educated about it because. Oh, yeah, because. I I know all this stuff because I, like, the sober living home my brother was in, like, I have been educated about it. I quit. So, so let's look at the vices that I quit. So, I've quit uh, nicotine. Okay. I've quit nail biting. I've quit uh, cocaine. Um, I've quit. Nail biting. I need to. Nail biting. Yeah, that was rough. That, that one t- took a while. Like, uh, let's see. I quit strip clubs. Uh, I quit alcohol. Um, wow. I quit psych meds. I count psych meds as an addiction. Fuck that. I don't care if a doctor's prescribing it to you. It's advice. Uh, not saying you shouldn't take. No, if you need to take no, it. By no all judgment. Means, no judgment. It, yeah. That's if it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for you. Yeah. If that's advice. Then yeah. don't do and it. I, you know? And I think I think with psych with psych meds, I think everybody's gonna. Everybody needs to evaluate. Uh, how Everyone's different. That's why I yeah. hate how people take things personally because it's like you oh can say God, that, yeah. and I'm not gonna be like, I'm addicted. To oh it. yeah, no, I don't care. I mean, I, I'm saying that for people uh, for people out there because I'm not a medical professional. I'm not giving right. advice. Totally, totally. You know, but it's like, just this yeah. is for me. It helped me for a period, and then when I was able, when I felt like, uh, and by the way, and I, I didn't, 
I didn't go off for meds without a psychiatrist signing off on it. Like, I was just like, I'm going to try this. We're going to monitor it closely. And if you see anything, we're going to sit down. We have to revisit this again. And I did that multiple times until I got to the point where I just didn't need it. Um, yeah, but, but then again, like your experience is different than other people. Yeah, like everybody and, has their own thing. And I'm also open to the fact that if my if my symptoms get exasperated exasperated to the point again where I can't function, I have no problem going back options. on it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like I know the You're steps. You're not anti antidepressant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not anti antidepressant. You're not so, depressant. <laughs> so and and the other thing too is like when Drew was talking about how it's it's up to the person, the individual. It's in that, also, your treatment is going to vary per person. Your ability okay. to cope is going to vary per person. The, uh, no matter who writes a book on the subject, your way of doing it is going to be different. Exactly. You exactly. Know, all totally. these things are guides, but they're not – they're guides. They're not rules, you know? And I think people get hung up on that fact. It's like, oh, it yeah, has to be done so this true. way. That's yeah. so true. Yeah, it's like – that's really interesting because I think people see things as like – very black and white and not like yeah. like the whole point of a gray area is that it's up and up to interpretation exactly so if you're gonna if you're gonna you know look at things in extremities then it's it's gonna be a hard life because that's what i did yeah and then i started to be like no i can like, oh a person who's know, dealing it's... in perfectionistic thinking is looking at things in black and white that no not true. me <laughs> no but i, I had to <laughs> like me, i had to yeah. really like look at grays and a lot yeah. of things and being like okay if i'm like let's say like i would be like i don't know i just everything was so extreme yeah i, I can't really think of an example but it's like if well, i in treatment i mean oh, i think sorry that, yeah. like example like talking to my dad i'm like i don't have to like talk to him and be immersed with my step family 24 7 or say sayonara and never talk to him again i can yeah. kind of talk to him when i want to exactly. and kind of see them if i want to and see what day by day you know totally. like there's a gray area for everything and i, I don't think people know that and i think <laughs> i think with the gray area i mean you know in regards to this with treatment you got to look at treatment as being a gray area look at it as guys as not a rule and you'll just you'll be able to to do it better and don't be afraid to do it there's no pride loss in seeking help Okay, the pride you're gonna lose a lot more pride, believe me, when you don't seek help and you're yeah. fucking, you're fucking, you know, you have uh, you have cops it's knocking at your door. Yeah. yeah, exactly to get to to get you rushed into treatment against you. Well, as a person who's been hospitalized uh, involuntary several several times for psych stuff, I could tell you this much: it's not fun when the cops are knocking at your door yeah. and one of them's shaking up a can of mace because they know that you have a violent past. So, uh, yeah. Um, and on that note, I'm on kidding. that note, yeah, <laughs> Drew, where can people reach you at your socials, Drew? Um, so my Instagram is Drew, period or dot, Lauren L spelled L O R Y N, um, and then my, I mean, I mostly just use Instagram, and then you can find uh, see some of my stand up on TikTok as well. I think it's the same, Drew Lauren. Um, Drew Lauren, Instagram, TikTok, yeah, it's just Drew dot Lauren. Um, and then what about my, your podcast? My podcast is a mental health podcast where I interview people. Derek has an episode that's amazing. It's the second episode, got amazing reviews for that. Um, and that is on like everything: YouTube, Spotify. Um, mainly like the main platform is like Apple Podcasts. People listen to. Yeah. Um, it's called Doing Time. Um, and and search like Doing Time podcast on Instagram. Anything. And yeah. I interview people who have either been in a psych ward or um, been in therapy for years or even people who like 
I've just been close with. And I'm like, let me have you on the podcast because I want to talk about mental health. Um, so it's it's really interesting. There's literally like every story from where it's like you who yeah. have been like in the depths and extremes of homelessness and addiction and all this stuff. And then there's also people who are on the other side of that who like had never been to therapy and don't want to go to therapy, but they have anxiety and they don't yeah. know what to do about it. So there's a lot of like, there's gray area. Career, and there's yeah, a exactly. lot of black and white in my podcast. And so- um, I highly recommend it because it's mine, but I also recommend it because um, I recommend it too. I, like uh, her get like she's thank you, great. But at, I just want to say like I, I I talk on it, but I barely talk because I like to listen. So if you yeah. want to hear some like insane, interesting, weird stories, listen to my podcast. It's it's um, people are awesome. <laughs> they are. People are awesome on it, and yeah. Um, and then that's pretty much it. I yeah. have a show coming up at Zany's on Thursday if this comes out, and I oh, it's definitely not going to come okay. out by then. Laugh yeah. fa- I think I'm doing Laugh Factory 420. So if you guys want to come see me there. Okay, and it's pro- this episode probably won't be out by the 420 <laughs> either. So if my you, shows if, will be in my past, my friends. If you, if you already <laughs> missed it, Drew performed and she had a killer set Thank you. at I'm both Laugh hope. Factory and Zany's. Uh, I mean, what do you miss me talking about myself being a Jew? You already heard it on the podcast, so. Yeah, you already heard it on the podcast. <laughs> Guys, Drew, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're thank welcome. you for, thank doing... you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, totally. And I, I just, I, I feel like I gave you some good time. Anyway, um, we'll discuss that. <laughs> We're just spiraling OCD. Hey, did you have fun? Did, did you, have, you fun? have fun? Did you have fun, Drew? <laughs> did you feel like we had enough good points to talk did about? Did we have a good points? Uh, <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Have a great day. Take care.